Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here. And Miriam. She's back, and so I'm am I. back. So, Woo-hoo! thanks for bearing with us with our constant hiatuses. Um, <laughs> not We're in a season of flux. We, yeah, I said that once, and it's Miriam's it's new really, favorite word. It's really stuck for me. Um, uh, here for yeah, you. It's been a lot uh, of flux. We're back. Um, not to start things off on a sad note, but I do want to thank everyone who reached out to me about my grandma passing. So love all the pals. And that is a big reason why we had a little bit of a hiatus because I uh, got to go back and celebrate her life in Jacksonville. So mm-hmm. it's been it's been a, a couple of weeks, but we're here and we are actually going to take a hard right and talk about <laughs> something that has nothing to do with any of that. Uh, which is for all of our people with uh, uteruses that are mm-hmm. listening, we mm-hmm. are going to focus on periods and diabetes. Yeah. And it's- hormones and diabetes and birth control and all of those things, which is something I think we've been talking about for a long time. I'm like, oh, we should totally have a podcast episode about that. Um, but never felt like we were quite qualified to. And <laughs> and on that note, we are not health professionals, which I know we tell you guys all the time. So this is not medical advice by any means. This is just our personal experiences because we realize the fact that we do have uteruses, uteri, whatever the plural is for that. (laughs) We're qualified in that sense and that we we have personal experience of having periods and also having diabetes. So take this all with a grain of salt, of course, but this is kind of things we've we've experienced, we've noticed, um, and kind of what we do to combat hormones hormones uh what a what a loaded loaded word that has like so many different diabetes things Mm -hmm. you know you've got your hormones associated with diabetes Mm -hmm. and you know insulin and all those things and then for us uh people with uteruses so many hormones that goes with your period so you know i'm just rambling at this point already so send help but miriam i'd like to point out has never had a period without diabetes that's um, correct she has had diabetes for every time i'm guessing sorry to call it's you out 20 25 and a 25 and a half i think i just had my half birthday my half my, <laughs> half, my half diversary so 25 <laughs> and a half years and i had you know let me see. When did I first get my period? Just going to share this with all of you. I think I was 11 or 12. Um, I became a woman. I hate myself. Ew. My mom's probably listening and cringing and laughing at the same time. Um, but yeah, so I was diagnosed about seven years ago. So I've had, I've had probably equal amount of periods without diabetes as with diabetes at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, not good at math, but I think you get the, the, the drift there. Mm-hmm. And I have to say... When I was first diagnosed, I did not even think about what that would mean as a woman, as someone who gets her period, mm-hmm. what, what my blood sugar levels would be impacted by that. And I think that um, 
it's something that doctors have spoken to me about but unless you actually get your period it's it's not something you fully understand because buckle up people it's a wild time it is the wild wild west of anarchy with blood sugars and periods so Mm -hmm. we're hoping that our years of experience and obviously we are not OBGYNs, we're not gynecologists, mm-hmm. we are not endocrinologists, um, but our years of combined experience could be helpful because let's be real, a lot of diabetes is crowdsourcing information. Um, yeah, and absolutely. We're here to help. So I kind of just, I mean, not to put Miriam on the spot, mm-hmm. that's my MO. I'm going to get that on a shirt for you, Miriam. Um, <laughs> but do you remember what it was like? Like, were you aware that? when you were however young Mm -hmm. getting your period were since you'd already had diabetes for a minute at that point were you Mm -hmm. aware of the changes in your blood sugar and your overall diabetes at that point not at all like anticipating and honestly you also have to put this into context i was what like a teenager a bratty teenager um we all were miriam it's okay cgms did not exist i think that i I stand corrected. I think the first CGM I know, my pediatric endocrinologist, they had one that I could wear for like three days. It didn't give you any data. You would like wear it for three days. You'd go back to the, they'd put it on you. You'd go back to the office and they'd interpret the data like from there. I think that must have been like the, I think it was the first generation Dexcom actually. That's wild. Um, And that I was already in high school. Right. Um, So like CGMs did not exist. So we weren't paying as close attention to blood sugars. And I was like going through a bit of a, like a, not a rebellious phase with diabetes, but it was that phase where my parents were stepping back the management. I was sort of stepping up. So it's this weird in between where like, long story short, I was not paying that intense attention to my blood sugars and what was happening um so like within the context of that I was not aware of you know how my blood sugars were changing with periods and to be honest it wasn't even something that was really brought up to me by my doctors in hindsight like I feel like they probably should have mentioned that but it was not something that was brought up to me as like oh be aware you might experience you know this happening to your blood sugars right before your period. You might experience this after your period. Um, so I wasn't really looking for it. And my priority at that point was like, all right, don't get too low and like don't end up in the hospital. Like I was very much in like <laughs> Another survival. Another thing we need on a shirt. <laughs> exactly. Which is really the like I think the high school and college like parameters I lived by because that was my priority was just being normal and fitting in and like not – not getting so severe that something dramatic happened, of course. But um, so, yes, this was a long, convoluted way to say no. I was not aware of these major changes. The only time it I was, like, aware of something was I remember my period, which is common for a lot of people when they first start their period, when they're, like, a preteen or a teenager. My periods were super irregular. They weren't – I couldn't – I didn't always know when they were coming. Sometimes it was once a month. Sometimes it was every six weeks. Sometimes it was every eight weeks. Like – and that kind of happens when you're, you know, first becoming a woman. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't that out of the blue, but I remember I ended up going on the birth control pill um, pretty early in high school because my doctor said it will be helpful for you diabetes-wise to be able to know when your period's coming, to be more predictable, to kind of know what to expect. 
Um, so with the pill, I had, you know, took it religiously. So I had it every single 28 days. Like, you know, I knew exactly when it was coming. Um, so I did that to regulate my blood sugar, which, I, I mean, excuse me, to regulate my period, which in turn, I think, helped my doctors probably adjust my basils to regulate, you know, my my blood sugars. Um, but that was the only time it really ever came up. That's so wild. Again, I had a very different experience. (laughs) Um, One of the reasons why I, how do I, how do I put this slash, how do I even remember this? I'm not sure if I'm remembering this accurately. So take this with a grain of salt, Mm -hmm. but it was my freshman year of college. So before I was diagnosed with diabetes, but Mm -hmm. I went on birth control because Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to be a responsible adult. I'm in college, you know, blah, blah, blah. I get on birth control and then that summer, like four or five months later, is when they I had a new GP who checked my blood sugar without fasting, like telling me to fast. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, my year long journey into my proper diagnosis began. And um, when I they checked my blood sugar, it was obviously super elevated and they were like, OK, well, what's changed? Mm-hmm. Maybe this, you know, you're too old for type one. What's changed? And one of the things that changed was that I'd gone on birth control and they were like, okay, let's take you off and see if that's what's affecting your blood sugar. And it Hmm. did actually decrease my A1C a few like points, not like full points, but like I went from like a 6.4 to a 6.1 A1C. And this was before you were like taking insulin even. This is way before I even, this was over a year before my proper diagnosis. So birth control is kind of one of the things that I had attributed, which it's very well known (laughs) that birth control can affect blood sugar numbers it can Mm -hmm. increase or you know whatever especially because my period had always been super regular growing up Mm -hmm. um I always had quite awful periods um I'm not talking about like endometriosis but like enough to where I like had to sit out a few PE classes during my time of the month um but yeah so it's so interesting that your doctor like kind of recommended that to help you gain better insight or control mm-hmm. if you will mm-hmm. um of when you'd be getting yours whereas mine it ended up really actually pushing me f- further al- allegedly looking back yeah. this is like what I was told again who knows we now I know that I had type one there was no yeah. way that that was going to change um and birth control wouldn't drive someone into mm-hmm. diabetes um but it can help with or it can cause insulin resistance um when you're hormones are fluctuating like that so it's very interesting again we had very opposite interactions with the pill but Mm -hmm. it kind of brings me to what I wanted to talk about is other forms of birth control and how uh you know things like an IUD can make a big difference without having hormone added hormones like flooding in your bloodstream type of thing and Mm -hmm. keeping it localized to like your uterus and really an IUD for me has been the best move because it doesn't affect my blood sugar. Um, I still get all my fluctuations and crazy numbers Mm -hmm. from um, my time of the month, my normal, you know, monthly cycle. But Mm -hmm. this time I'm not like adding hormones, which has made a big difference in my management and still feeling covered. Yeah. (laughs) Um, in, In that regard. So, and I do know a lot of diabetics, uh, diabetic people with uteruses that love their IUDs and there are also plenty of people that use the pill it kind of mm-hmm. just like diabetes management it's not one size fits all for birth control exactly and I think you know I 
I agree. Some people react very differently to certain hormones. Like I've been on throughout my adult life or or since I started in in high school really couple different pills which in theory are like all do the same thing but just emotionally I've responded very differently to them um so even minor shifts in those hormones can really impact you blood sugar wise I never really had an issue with the pill um I think once I kind of also already on supplemental insulin so exactly exactly that's what I was gonna say I think once you're already on insulin it's just about like adjusting levels or adjusting basils if you need to um so I, I never had a major blood sugar issues with the pill. Um, but that being said, I also loved IUDs. Um, I think it's just nice to not have to take a pill. And it's, and it's differently than diabetes um, right. where you're thinking about it 24-7. It's nice to have this other medical thing that like <laughs> get it once, whichever one you're on, you get it once every three years, once every five years, once every 10 years, depending on which one you have to like Set it and forget it. Like, you do not have to think about it. It's taking care of things on its own. And, you know, a lot of the IUDs still do have hormones, but the the magic of them is that it's localized. So the hormones are only reach, really reaching your uterus and your ov- like ovaries or whatever, you know, that part of your body. It's not necessarily hitting your bloodstream, so it's not going to have the same impact um, that the the pills have. But has the same outcome in terms same of outcome. preventing um, preventing unwanted pregnancy exactly <laughs> but, how to phrase it but, but yeah. exactly but it's not as effective of like regulating your period so if a lot of people do the pill to help regulate the period right. like the iud is not going to be as effective doing that necessarily and it can honestly most of the time in most cases depending on the iud you have it can make your period kind of go away but yes. something that i found that's super interesting is that um it over time it has made my period go away but I still Mm -hmm. see those blood sugar fluctuations that I normally would around my Mm. time of the month so just because I'm not having like a physical bleeding yeah yeah, um the hormones are still doing their thing the hormones are still doing their thing so it's it's that's interesting it's it's really interesting and again I wouldn't have known this had I not Mm -hmm. had my CGM and like been a super analytical human that's Mm -hmm. just like here we go again. So, okay, now that we've talked a little bit about birth controls, let's – birth controls, <laughs> plural, birth control. Um, I think one of the things I really wish I'd known before, you know, really mm-hmm. not before anything, but from the get-go is that there will be blood sugar fluctuations with your period and that yes. every person is different. I had so many doctors telling me, oh, you're only going to experience insulin resistance mm-hmm. during your period blah 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 and it's like for me it's the opposite I am super insulin sensitive on my period Mm -hmm. and the even a few days leading up to it whereas the Mm -hmm. full week before I'm insulin resistant Mm -hmm. or sometimes I'm not insulin resistant at all sometimes I'm just super sensitive I was never really told that that was normal and I literally had doctor or not doctors but like nurses being like oh, I've never seen that. I don't, Mm -hmm. uh, usually it's just insulin resistance. And it just always made me feel like a little bit worse. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I'm here to tell you no matter. you feel like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, it's not gaslighting, but it's a little bit like, okay, just because you haven't seen that doesn't mean that that it's not a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it really took, uh, it took a few years for me to finally get a nurse being like, Oh, wait, yeah, no, that's completely normal. 
you know, don't yeah. worry about it. Just set a temp basil or just undercover some of your carbs during this yeah. time. Like I will go through probably like I've I've gone through periods mm-hmm. where <laughs> literally periods where it's double the amount of insulin that I've usually used in that week versus mm-hmm. half. It really yeah. just depends. Um, yeah. And I think that that's like important to note. I don't know. I feel like this not to go on my. Yeah, I'm going to go on a tangent and buckle up everyone. <laughs> um, I just feel like as women or as someone with a uterus, mm-hmm. if you don't identify as a woman, it's we're constantly system, like systematically failed um, in healthcare in in so many different situations and made to feel like something's not valid or that we're not being taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Case in point, so many of us who've taken such a long time to get a proper diagnosis for our chronic illnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh But especially when it comes to your period, having a male doctor kind of tell you something's not, you know, they're like, oh, interesting, Mm -hmm. but they're not, you know, that maybe it's not valid or that they're not sure if that's accurate. Yeah. Don't be afraid to speak up and say something or, you know, I'm not saying you have to have Mm -hmm. a person with a uterus be your doctor. Like I do have a woman now as my endocrinologist, but to me it does make a big difference because... Um, it's just at the end of the day, they get their periods too, or they at least know what it's, what it's like and, uh, or are more open to at least sympathizing with it. I get a little salty when I hear, um, men with diabetes comparing their, how easy, and I'm literally quoting someone, how easy it is to manage blood sugar numbers, Mm -hmm. uh, I know. I, I was thinking about this at the beginning of this episode. Like, I, we, we, as you guys know, we don't like to say like, "Oh, we have it worse," or "They have it better." Right. But in Everyone's this instance, in this instance, I think type one diabetic men. This is one piece where they. This is one factor they don't have to think about. Really, they just don't. At the end they of the day, they just don't. Like, they don't have to worry about this every month of like having to change their basils when this is happening. Like, it just it is. This piece is easier for them. For like for sure and it's kind of just one of one of those things that unfortunately is another another cross for us to bear like no one's (laughs) you know no one's gonna for like you don't have to get pregnant and have a kid with diabetes Mm -hmm. if you don't want to you don't have to um you know there's options out there for everyone especially if you you know and there are everyone has their own unique relationship Mm -hmm. with their body's hormones and all these different things but I can't tell you how many times I've just felt so salty having a conversation with a pal um really not not like a pancreas pal but Mm -hmm. like at at a JDRF event or something Mm -hmm. and hearing a guy be like well why you know the Obviously, we're big believers in not comparing ourselves to other people and I don't Mm -hmm. believe in discussing your A1C unless it's like an actual therapeutic course of trying to figure out mm-hmm. what's going on with your body. Um, I just don't believe in A1Cs in general, but that's a whole other thing. Time and range for life, guys. Mm-hmm. But I, it just really irks me for anyone to say that it, a chronic illness is manageable when you're not dealing with this whole other elephant in the room that is, yeah. you know, that can really make or break an entire, let's be real, like, two weeks of the month half of your month aka like half of your year is either leading up to your period or during your period Mm -hmm. and when you take those numbers and put them in perspective like yeah that that, hurts my brain it well yeah it's it's (laughs) unfortunate but like 
it's it's gonna play a big part yes. in your ultimate management for and sure. for better or for worse like yeah people with uteruses you usually get to bring babies into the world if you choose to do that like there mm-hmm. are you know we're not saying it's bad to be a woman and like boohoo or whatever but it, it is a struggle that it, it's another bur- it's another thing to think yeah. about absolutely so I just oh I like make my I stress myself out even thinking about past conversations <laughs> I've had with dudes who are like I actually had an, a similar conversation with someone at a JDRF event Emily so we can the same we can discuss after yeah. the same person I have like an inkling that it was but it was a similar thing in that like I was this talking was years to, ago by the way this was everyone. years ago like probably five plus years ago of that and I, I was talking with a friend being like oh like yeah, she was saying, oh, I would love to work, like, volunteer with, like, new type 1, like, diet, newly diagnosed type 1 diabetic kiddos or something to help with, like, the social, psychosocial aspect of it. And I was like, yeah, I would love to be a therapist for, like, type 1 diabetics eventually, which, like, I now am, which is wonderful. Um, but I remember, like, this guy was over, like, hearing us list, like, part of the conversation. He's like, well, why does everything have to be, like, diabetes-themed? Like, it's just, like, a disease you're managing. Like, it doesn't have to impact every other thing of your life. And it was just one of those realizations, like, no, he's right. It doesn't have to. Doesn't. But I think we also need to acknowledge that it sometimes does. Yeah. It often does, whether you want it to or not. And so I think pretending it doesn't actually makes it worse. Instead of just accepting, like, oh, it actually does impact all these other pieces of life. So, like, I had my own little my own little feelings about that interaction. And I, like, have a very strong feeling this was the same person. At 99% so. of the same person. <laughs> um, but he's great. We just all have different perspectives. And yes. I think that that's, you know, I don't want anyone who is, who doesn't have a uterus to listen to this episode and think, oh, they hate men or they, no, uh, oh my they're, gosh, not they're at all. minimizing our plight with diabetes. I think that if anything, what I, what we're trying mm-hmm. to, to have come across is that, Diabetes is hard no matter what. Every human body will find diabetes, and animals I'm sure too, will find Mm -hmm. diabetes hard. It's just the added stressor of an event that takes place. And, you know, if you're a healthy whatever, (coughs) you know, you want to take place if you're not trying Mm -hmm. to be with child. Like you (laughs) want this to take place every month, Mm -hmm. but it's a blessing and a curse. And I think that it's important to recognize that and just also give yourself some Mm -hmm. grace during that period, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Pardon my, my dad joke there, but it's, it's moral of the biggest thing I want everyone to take away from this episode is that if you get a period, give yourself some grace. It is a little bit of a cluster um, I mean, okay, censorship here, but clusterfuck because it's it, it's not always nothing the most you, predictable. You can, yeah, you can but, plan for it as much as you can, yeah. but that's all you can do. <laughs> yes, but so. I was gonna say if everyone can like bear with me for this little baby science lesson that I did do. I learned a lot about periods, and again, most of this was like self-taught because this isn't really something we doctors were teaching me. But I tried to learn a lot about my periods to kind of figure out the pattern of like why do I feel like sometimes I'm resistant sometimes I'm super insulin sensitive I can't really figure it out and so I learned a lot about just being female or excuse me having a uterus I should say and having periods and so bear with me but I'm gonna share this knowledge that I've picked up with you guys and I think you might find it interesting too so basically let's pretend you have a perfect 
you know, textbook cycle of 28 days. You know, that's an average period is 28 days long. That's your cycle. And so there's two main players in your period. It's estrogen and progesterone. Those are the two big hormones. And they're kind of opposite. So think of it like when estrogen is high, progesterone's low, and vice versa. And so when you first start, when you're on your period, estrogen is high. And estrogen, as a hormone, makes you very insulin sensitive. And so estrogen is high during your period, which is why when you finally get your period, your your blood sugar tends to be on the lower end. You might notice more lows. You might just not need as big of boluses. That's what tends to happen. And progesterone is super low at that point. As you go along in your cycle and your period ends, you know, those two hormones are sort of like, like a mad, they, they cross over eventually. But estrogen starts to go down a little bit, so you're not as sensitive, whatever. Halfway through your cycle, you ovulate. That's when you're, you know, your ovaries release an egg and, you know, starting the process. And then once you ovulate, you kind of hit that halfway point, boom, your progesterone starts going up. And so when progesterone goes up, you get super insulin resistant. That's what progesterone does to your blood sugar. It just makes you resistant to, to insulin. Which can sometimes be in steroids, correct? Um, no, maybe. Maybe not. I if think Stephen's listening, if if Dr. Schulberg's listening to this, <laughs> he's probably like, nah, Emily, buckle up, take a backseat. They okay, do ignore have me. like progesterone supplements and stuff, but I don't know if it's a steroid necessarily. I, th- I, I know what you're thinking of, though. It does sound familiar to like a steroid name. Um, as progesterone increases, like after you ovulate, which means you're heading toward, you're either heading towards pregnancy after you ovulate or you're heading towards your period. Hopefully, if you're not trying to have a baby, you're heading towards your period. And so progesterone goes up and up and up and up until you hit your period and then it goes down again and estrogen goes up. I'm like making all these hand motions. So I'm hoping I'm listening nodding, to this, it makes no sense. <laughs> but so, in, so imagine progesterone going up. So this is the hormone that makes you super insulin resistant. It's going up until you have your period. So that's why like the week, when you're PMSy, really, that's all progesterone. When progesterone is making you feel PMSy, progesterone is raising your, your insulin resistance. So that's why your blood sugars are more likely to be more stubborn, um, to not respond to insulin as effectively. You're... And until you get your period, basically, and then boom, sensitivity comes back. Does that make and sense? This isn't, it definitely makes sense. Um, I really wish that I had known this earlier. So thank you for the science lesson, oh. Miriam. Um, <laughs> I, and again, like this isn't necessarily the textbook case for mm-hmm. everyone, but this is literally just a little lesson on what these hormones do. Exactly. And it's not both are both are hormones that are involved in. Um, in, in the period ovulation process. Exactly. So and if you're having, exactly, if you're having normally functioning periods, this is, those are the two main players of your, hormone players of your period. And so typically that is what they do to your blood sugar. Um, if you're not noticing that, that's okay too. You know, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your again, period. Yeah. Again, some people just don't respond to hormones as strongly as other people. Um, but that's typically what happens. And so I, I'd, I'd, really urge people you know I just I used to just like kind of keep track on my like I my calendar app of like oh period I'll probably get it x amount of days later but I'd really suggest for people to and look into other like phone apps or like whatever systems you want to use but like actual period apps that you can um track like it'll tell you which part of your cycle you're in are you in like 
the I think there's all these phases. I can't remember the order of them. One's like follicular phase, the ovulation phase, the luteal phase, whatever. There's all these names for them. But it, you'll be able to kind of pay attention of like, oh, in this phase, my progesterone's increasing, so I'm more likely to be resistant. So just kind of keep your like, your keep an eye on it sort of thing. Right. And we're not recommending that you like, you're like, you take this information and immediately go change all of your rates. Oh my God. Like obviously no. No, definitely no, 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 consult no. your doctor or this is more for like a, an observation. Um, and exactly. Like just a clinical kind of, aspect of it. A look yeah. At it. To learn um, about your cycle. I think it's just, it's very it's empowering. To, it to, is. It's something that happens to us. And I think like so few of we us didn't actually. didn't sign up for it. We didn't sign up for it. <laughs> just like, a, like a lot of things in life. But something that happens to us and I think so few people actually know much about it you know what I mean it's like I mean I had no clue and think about all the people that are listening to this that are mm post-menopause that have had diabetes for their like you know 40 years and they're like oh my gosh (laughs) no one told me that and it's like it's unfortunate and that's kind of where my pedestal comes in like we should be given these important pieces of the puzzle because at the end of the day they really does make up the map of diabetes uh, for people with uteruses who experience their periods so um, and I'm sure there's the, their own puzzle that comes with postmenopause mm-hmm. and hormone I'm fluctuations sure. in that. We're not. Um, we haven't crossed that bridge yet. Yeah, knock on wood, <laughs> absolutely not. But um, as far as apps go, I know for tracking, I love what I used for years before the iPhone Health app started mm-hmm. helping track with that, which is great, and I fully recommend yes, to use. Yes, I do your like that app. app. Um, M cycles is like monthly cycles is one of my favorites and it's mm. free and it'll track it and send you alerts like before like when you're um I'm not trying to get pregnant so I don't get ovulation alerts but like days before your period or mm-hmm. if you have a missed period it'll alert you all these things um but there's tons of free apps out there and uh just a lot of untapped resources that that are just begging to be downloaded so yeah um, there's a lot a lot to be learned absolutely and not to get and and you know not to detract or like scare anyone by any means but I think it's also you know I noticed for a long time I was having once I kind of shift to an IUD versus a, a pill whatever I was having very irregular periods and it took a long time sort of talking about that with a couple different OBGYNs before I said like, I feel like this is based on what I'm Googling, my periods are like super irregular. I think this isn't right. And finally they did blood work and I was diagnosed with PCOS, which is like I've learned is super common and does, especially with type one diabetics, I learned like one in four type one diabetic women or people with uteruses actually have PCOS, which is, high um PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome by the way and there's anyone listening and it's a big big spectrum of symptoms and things you can have with PCOS I happen to have like none of the hallmark symptoms except for a regular period um but it's you know it's an easy I mean really what they suggest if you have it is the birth control pill really you know just having those hormones kind of help you regulate it um and it can really cause insulin resistance too which is why exactly. it's important to get a proper diagnosis because it can help map out your diabetes plan and management exactly and so I don't yeah I'm not saying like oh my god you probably have PCOS go fig- find out like I'm not saying that at all but I, it was something again was not on my radar at all 
until I just started kind of paying attention to my period all of a sudden. I was like, hey, this seems kind of like, why aren't, why aren't I for yourself? I had, I really had to advocate for yeah. myself. Um, um, and that's so important and impressive. And it sucks that we have to be our biggest proponents. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, uh, there's, you know, if there's anything to know about diabetes and really anything about being a human in 2021 Mm -hmm. you do have to advocate for yourself there's so much going on in the world and people are caring for a lot of patients these days and um like clinically health wise whatever have you and there's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion there's nothing wrong with asking questions and i urge all of our listeners (coughs) who feel like they're not being heard to seek out um, seek out healthcare and medical professionals that will listen yeah. to you because there are people out there in your network that will. It might seem like there aren't. Um, again, if you live like in North Dakota, there might not be, but it, um, it really depends on your ability and access. And that's a much yeah. bigger issue that we can't solve with pancreas pals. But um, I hope that this has been insightful and helpful if you guys want to drop us a line and let mm-hmm. us know um, your tips with with your time of the month. Or, or if you just want to vent with us. Yeah. Oh, we should start like a <laughs> vent line. You know, or we can share our favorite um, chocolate snacks that we eat that don't mm-hmm. spike our blood sugars during our time of the month because <laughs> your girl has gotten good at that skinny pop chocolate chip mixture. Let me tell you. That Ooh. is – Trust me, I got you. Uh, oh, it doesn't. Oh, you make it yourself. Yeah, I make it okay. myself. I was yeah. like, does that exist? And no, I've never it doesn't. Seen it doesn't, because honestly, the chocolate chips kind of negate the skinny pop. But like, I'm here for it. Whatever. <laughs> I only ever get the white cheddar skinny pop, so I won't oh, add no, chocolate I chips them. to that one. But with the regular yeah, no. sea salt, I think yeah, the be great. sea salt one's really good. And I do like dark chocolate because again, dark chocolate doesn't really spike my blood sugar. And then it's an antioxidant, so you can yes, feel good about it, which is good. Yeah, which is good for your period <laughs> and for every other time. Um, anywho. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening to our rambles and rants. Uh, We have a few more episodes left of the season, so stay tuned. Um, If you like what you hear, please like and subscribe. Uh, But also, (laughs) we love to hear from you guys. So please hit us up on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals. On Facebook at pancreas pals pp. Um, Email pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, and we're all in this together. Shout out to High School Musical because that's the only thing I think about when I say that phrase. (laughs) So I hope everyone has a great week. Um, If it's your period this week, power to you. This is perfect timing. Solidarity. If not, not, there's three more weeks for you to listen to this, (laughs) to uh, (laughs) whatever it falls on. Three to six weeks, yeah. And for anyone who doesn't get their period that listen to this, um, we hope, hope you learned that something. you learn something and that um, this will make you an even better ally for all the people with periods in your life. So thanks for listening, guys. And love you, Miriam. Love you, Emily. <laughs> Bye, pals. Bye. <laughs>